Welcome to the James Bond Complex. I'm one of your co-hosts, Edgar. I'm Matt. And this week, a bit of a different thing. As we are wont to do, we do a Fleming book, we do the film adaptation, then we sort of roll a little bit differently while sticking with Bond. Mm -hmm. This time, we are talking about something that got a lot of fans excited a couple of years ago. That was the return of 007 in comic universe. Mm -hmm. uh, the publishing house Dynamite Entertainment mm -hmm. signed an agreement a few years ago with the Fleming Estate and said, we're going to bring back the bond of Fleming's universe. 21st century version. Yeah. And there are some post-Vargas stories. I'm like, Fleming would not have written that. But anyways, <laughs> um, but anyways the point is, I want to say it was the week before or after Spectre came out. It must have been because that was like the marketing scheme. I Wait, guess. I, I even wrote, I wrote that down. Um, on October 7th, 2014, that's when the Dynamite... Uh, they announced it. They announced it. And it came out around the same. It came out the following uh, autumn, so two thousand fifteen. Around, around Spectre, yeah, around yeah. The, the time of Spectre. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, no, they were. Well, they, they always do. I remember back in the nineties, I was super excited. I was at the comic book store and I saw a comic book cover of Goldeneye, and it's a gorgeous cover. Yeah, it it's by Brian Stillfreeze. They published only issue I've one. Heard of this, yeah. I've, How can I've, you do that? I've seen. Well, the thing, the thing, that, the thing that. Breaks my heart. They showed the the covers for issue two and three, and they're gorgeous covers. I don't think I saw them. When the prospect of new original Bond adventures, especially knowing that these movies, you never know when the next one's yeah, coming out. Especially so these I figured, days. Well, this could be my fix, which it has been for two years thus far, and mm -hmm. will continue to be for <laughs> autumn 2019 when Bond 25 comes out. And it's a great fix. I've liked it a lot so far. What we're going to be talking about today is this first run uh, written by Warren Ellis and drawn by Jason Masters. Yes. The title is Varger, V-A-R-G-R. -R. It is a German word for wolf or yeah. something like that. Um, and essentially, you know, they really keep these things pretty simple thus far. The major story arcs have been six issues. They've released some one-shots. I'm sure we'll review those at some point. Mm -hmm. But the... the Big Adventures have taken six issues. And this one is, uh, it starts um, with Bond in Helsinki uh, exacting some revenge after the assassination of 008. It is a brutal fight. It's freaking brutal. From those opening panels... You, uh, you're tempted to see opening sequence, aren't you? Because that feels, I would yeah, say... But they would tone it down. They would tone it down. They would though. never show this degree of violence. No, the guy gets not. his finger sliced off. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's a panel after Bond says, I, you killed 008 and I'm 007. He shoots him. In the, there is, the next panel is just this dude with no more feet, no more fingers, <laughs> and a bullet hole in his brain. They would never show that in the movie. That movies. is the next panel of the James yeah. Bond comic. So we find out that this new drug that has arrived in London, or in England, that was, the story concentrates on what's going on in London, but... And it's this new drug, which has some very, very nasty side effects. It makes your flesh rot. Yeah. And they show that in the comic, too. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it's just as gross. And yeah. so Bond... So what we're saying is you shouldn't um, eat while you read this book. No, please don't. Actually, heaven forbid. They think they have a lead. Uh, he might be in Berlin, which is where the, this lead, who actually does end up being the villain, uh, Slavin Kurjak. Like all proper Bond villains, he's very rich, he's very smart, and he has a uh, medical lab. 
And uh, Dr. Korzak has this uh, pharmaceutical company as well as a prosthetic company. Yes, because he's actually an amputee himself. Precisely. And so Bond goes to Berlin to investigate, meets some new allies there, some friends. And basically, it's this investigation, which is not the most difficult investigation <laughs> in the world. Everybody knows pretty much what's going on from issue two. Yeah. Um, there are a couple henchmen. There's a henchwoman, Dharma Reach. Dharma Reach. In fact, people sort of reference that a couple of times, like, really? That's her name? <laughs> I don't know if that's like a joke on the fact that the Bond girls in the movies have stupid names. <laughs> as well as, ironically enough, another baddie named Mr. Masters. Brian and this Masters. is written by Jason. I don't know if that's like an inside joke as well. He's sort of the Jaws, kind of, the, of this story. At a time, he's Red Grant, because eventually he impersonates uh, That's MI6 true. agent. Good point. Thank you for, for saying that. Ben Kurjak is the bad guy. Yes, he is making this dastardly drug. Why is he doing it? Well, he's basically, he's insane. He never really gives a reason. He says, well, I used to be, uh, I used to manage a concentration camp in the 1990s in Serbia, and it was really fun. I like seeing how disease and viruses affect the human body. So I'm going to do it again. That's basically what he's doing. Yeah, this. he's a sadist. Um, so I guess the logic of the plot, like many Bond stories, not really important. It's just the, you know, what is he doing? Is it cool? Is it evil? It's kind of evil. And Bond it goes is. after him and kills every mother effer in the room, quite literally in that last issue. Mm. And uh, so it's six issues. It's a, it's breezy. I've been talking for a few minutes. How about we start with your general opinion on the piece? There are things I like about this one, but of the current run of James Bond comics, I don't know if it's my favorite. I think it sets up the world fairly well. I mean, uh, the first book, you get an introduction of James Bond. It feels like it could be a, a new Bond actor's uh, first Cause, sequence. Because they don't show his face for the few, few, few no, yeah, It's then, kind, of, kind of awesome. They build up to it. Yeah. And then he reveals himself. I'm the, you killed 008 and I'm uh, 007. Bang, bang. That's it. Mr. Bang, bang. He, there's no kiss, kiss in this one. There's a lot of bang, bang, though. There's some kiss, kiss, but it's very, very tame. It's, uh, he, he, gets, um, he gets more action in... Um, <laughs> Of that type of action in the later books, but in the first book, he's he's more they, they concentrate on um, the violence of the character. Mm. Uh, I I I bought those things as they were coming out in digital form, so I I, I this I digest them them as single issue. And I what I like about the first issue is that it's really setting up the, this new version of James Bond, where it's a little bit more multicultural. Mm. Um, M is there's um, a bit of a surprise, not that. It's a big issue, but I don't think anybody's expected M to be black. Right? No, no. Um, I actually I contacted uh, Jason Masters online to. He's very approachable online. Very he's, he's approachable. Very nice guy, yeah. I was curious um, about who, if he used any references, because I thought he looked. I love um, the uh, sitcom uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, so I thought he looked a lot like Raymond Alt, the, their <laughs> boss in, on that show, because he's very stoic and is very. Uh, no nonsense. I'm like, it really reminds me of uh, Holt. And I asked him who he used. And it's, it's some British actor I'm not familiar with. And I was like, oh, okay. He also gave me a pointers for uh, a head of section um, in Berlin. He's actually, uh, I remember the name of the actor, but he played Miles O'Brien in Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine, the chief engineer. Mm, I'm not well versed on my Deep Space Nine. Well, uh, if I'll show you the picture, his picture later, and you'll say, "Oh, yeah, it's it's really him." It, it really shows. Like he doesn't get the likeness perfectly, but he gets the uh, 
kind of how the person feels. Um, mm. And um, I, I didn't ask who he used for James Bond, but as sometimes, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Archer, but God, did he remind there's me of... There's a little bit of that. There's a lot of Archer. It's hard not to see... Well, this version anyways. I mean, we'll get to different stories that are that are handled by different artists mm -hmm. and and the bond does look a little bit different now that you mentioned it I, I don't really watch archer but i know who that is and i've seen images so yeah you need to start watching Apparently, Archer. i've been told that whenever i say i'm a bond fan uh, although i did i do like the fact that he has the scar on his cheek yeah so it is fleming's bond it is it, it is, is fleming's bond it's more than uh, some of the other ones yeah we'll get to that also i i love that they used uh the real major boothroy as a cue uh, that's probably the first instance of a, of a fan interacting <laughs> with the creator of what he's a fan of mm. and convincing said creator to change some things mm. about this creation because major boothroy uh and i found out something very interesting uh that i'll mention later on uh but major boothroy was actually um, uh, a fan of james bond books he contacted the Ad fleming about the, his choice of gun for fleming said no you shouldn't use that gun and he suggested uh, among other things the water ppk which has been synonymous with the character you're holding a picture of, of major boothroy he in Varger and in the other ones too in fairness he does look like that yeah. and he makes the comment about Bond's gun uh, being fit for a lady and not very nice ladies I, I love that <laughs> line of the book uh, not the book so to speak we'll use the term book everybody knows what we're talking about we're doing the comic book um, so I that was kind of cool I love this gadget the uh, I wrote it down G2R ammunition the bullets that fragment and yes. sort of shoot out other bullets which we see in certain panels later in the book which and is kind of cool the x-ray the x-ray panels yeah sort of the x-ray panels like that's what it is basically. No, no, no. Yeah. it's very video game-ish but it i mean it's a comic i mean you're entitled to and you know it's... i wouldn't accept that and i don't think i would accept that in a james bond movie no. all of a sudden you see it x-rays but I think this is where the conversation gets interesting because it's very much Bond. It's also very much a comic book. How do you think those two worlds come together, or those two mediums, I suppose? Do you think it, it works? Because we're so used to watching the films. Maybe you and I are maybe a little bit more familiar with the novels. But we're predominantly the film fans. Mm -hmm. Now it's that world, or a version of that world, in comic book form. Uh, now, I know we've read more than Vargas, so obviously our opinion is going to be colored yeah. by all of the storylines. I've also read all of them so far. I'm up to date. But in Varga, how do you think that? Do you think they pull that off? Six issues, here's a story, here's the action, here's some Bond girls. Actually, no, well, one mm. kind of pseudo-Bond girl. A Bond henchwoman? Yeah, yeah, henchwoman, yeah. Femme fatale. I think the first two stories, Eidolon and um, this one, Varga, are of one piece. It's like volume one and volume two. If you include both, well, we won't discuss Eidolon today, mm. but if you were to include both of them, I think it sets up the word well, but it's kind of like Dark to Know. You know, Dark to Know, they, they set up some of, the, some of the rules, but other people are going to do a much better job later on with the same material. So I think they set up an interesting version of the, the, the James Bond universe, a 21st century version, because mm. this is indeed 21st century. And it's funny because he's he's sort of retro, and that's the thing. I I think we've had this discussion before. James Bond is a retro character. If you try and make him more PC, more politically correct, it's which they fun. 
did and they did in the movies. I mean, he doesn't smoke anymore. It's a filthy habit, as Pierce Brosnan once said. As James Bond said. Uh, I mean, James Bond. But it's it fits the character so well. Like it's something I enjoy. The self destruction, the self destructive nature of James Bond is something I appreciate. The drinking, the boozing, the smoking, and the. I, that the character that tries to dull his senses and his guilt with all mm. these excesses is something I adore. And if you make him more PC, more like a nice guy, it's it it makes him less human, and that's what I appreciate. He has this veneer of being uh, like proper English gentleman, but deep down he's a he's an ass. He's a douche. And and. and the comic book version of James Bond, this current one, is probably worse than any film adaptation. And sure. even B- your boy Tim, he would go a wall, but for altruistic reasons, yes. kind of like he's still kind of doing things in a nice enough way. The Varger Bond is like, I am going to kill every mother effer in this room. He sort and- of enjoys the violence. There's always that debate, like, does Bond enjoy doing this, or is he just good at it, so that's why he keeps doing it? I think it's it? both. I think it's like... Uh, I guess when you've been doing it long enough, you're sort of... Uh, when maybe you don't enjoy it, but the distaste for it diminished when you've been doing it for so long. Because we're supposed to believe that, even though it's the 21st century, he's lived the Fleming stories. Mm, or a version of it. Yeah, a 21st version, a 21st century version of the Fleming stories. I wonder what the 21st century living that die would be like. <laughs> I, you know, they're doing. They uh, should do that. They should, I know well, they're doing. I know I do. I know what you're going to say, and I'll let you say it. But I'm going to intercept you just by. I want the 21st century version of living that die. I agree. I know they're doing uh, modern. I don't know if it's modern version. They're going back to the 50s. Oh, I know. I know. So there's so we have these. We have pre 007 Bond, his war years. I don't know if you knew that they announced that, but they announced that months ago. I have no idea what they're doing with that. Really? No, that's, that's official. You can go on the website, and 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 we only have Young Bond, which I've never read. I haven't read it either. I've read it either. It's gonna be interesting. But the Casino Royale you're referring to, which has been delayed for literally a year, it, it's 1953 Casino Royale. Part of me is excited, but also disappointed. But I mean. The movie was supposed to be a uh, modern version, but we both we both know that it's not the same thing. Like the, the cinematic version of James Bond, and it's oh, of course, it's not the same thing. But you know what I think this comic does, and especially and this run in particular, the the the, the, the Ellis Varger. Masters run, is that it's like back in the day when the Fleming stories came out. It was shocking. It was oh my god! There's so much violence. There's so much sex. Uh, <clears throat> it's very provocative in that mm. sense, culturally, given the mores at the time. Is very provocative. The films don't really do that anymore, so I feel like the comics are a reimagining of that. So it's going to be violent. It's going to be dirty. Bond's going to get beaten up, like he does oftentimes in the book, and it's going to be very bloody, like it was oftentimes in the book. So I feel like the comics, at least the Warren Ellen Jason Masters version, are sort of picking up that mantle, so to speak. He sort of uh, revels in the violence after. Uh Masters has killed everyone. Well, first off, he kills everyone in the the office, yeah. and it's it is brutal. Yeah. I mean, I've I've took some the liberty mm. of uh, having some screenshots on my notes, which eventually I'll I'll have to find a way to maybe put them on the website. They're full of mistakes and misprinting and something. That's all right, but yeah, he and you can tell that he's uh, well, he's obviously not right in the head because I'm looking at a panel he's right smiling. now. It looks like a joker. 
He looks like a joker, but in this panel right here, he is talking to someone that has half his brain oozing on the ground. <laughs> I don't think he quite, he doesn't quite get it. No. He doesn't get the concept of blowing someone's brains out. But um, and he had, like his death as well. Speaking of, on the topic of Bond being a And bastard, he can't get it up. He can't get it up. Dharma Reach. Yeah, we haven't mentioned this. Dharma Reach and Mr. Masters are trying to be lovers. They have some sort of affinity for one another. Yeah. Well, Physical they, attraction. I think they've had... They, they are lovers. He just has... Like, <laughs> he can't get it up with, <laughs> unless, like, he's... he's like he's covered in blood and right up my alley. Well, I think that, that one of yeah. the key things about Mr. Masters is that he um, can't feel. He's the he can't feel. Stumper. He yeah, he kind of is a stamper. When Bond finally dispatches Mr. Masters, he finds some sort of a syringe. Th- th- this is back at the Kurjak Laboratories, and he finds this syringe which reverses the effect. I think it's ex- ecstasy. That's not explained, but is it ecstasy? It's something like that. Something like. Uh, I think it overrides his desensitized neurons. <laughs> it's oxycotton, so it's like a painkiller, I think. So he starts feeling I don't know if it's supposed to be for the first time in his life or whatever. It it with the senses and he just Yeah, he basically convulses and starts bleeding out of his nose, eyes, mouth, ear. It's like his insides it's his body cannot take any sensations whatsoever. So since he's feeling for the first time in his life, even though it's it's ecstasy and in, in theory it would be pleasurable, his body can't take it. So he's basically just, he vomits himself out? Yeah, I'm all just, <laughs> he control out the lady blue screens of death. Yeah, pretty much. And to which Bond enjoys a... Oh, he gets in the, the uh, disinfecting oh, right. room. That's a cool like Which is death a nice trap. little scene. I yeah. do like that. I do like. I'm like, that. oh, and it's a classic death trap, and it's the opportunity for the Bond villain to reveal his full plot because, of course, Bond is going to die in five minutes. Yes, and oh, I don't need to watch you burn. I'm just going to go. I'm out of here. Bye bye. And the first thing he does after almost being burnt alive has a smoke, and I, I, it's a funny detail because he's looking at his phone and his phone is too hot. Yeah, it's like, got to cool off. That's, that's cool. That's, <laughs> that's nice little detail. It's kind of funny. So he goes back to London. He's yeah. I think he's trying to. I, I don't remember. I I read it this morning. Maybe the details are a little fresh in my mind. There's there's a new meeting with uh, Tanner and and M, and they now know where the shipment is going to. In London, there's a dock in London. Mi five is going to be there, but they send they send Bond anyways because he's James Bond. Why would you not send him? MI5 is not there. Maybe they're already dead. We never find out what the hell happened to MI5. But Dharma Reach is there. Mm-hmm. And so they finally have their final tete-a-tete. <laughs> which is... I like the character of Dharma Reach. I like the idea of her tumbling into the water and because her uh, synthetic arm is open while the circuits like explode, so she explodes. But Bond makes a very astute point. Uh, that's kind of dumb of you to turn around and not look at your victim instead of just kill him. So he gets up, kicks her in the back, and she falls in the water and blows <laughs> up. It's like, what just happened? Yeah. I, I, well, I, I didn't like that character all that much. I mean, I didn't find her. Maybe if they had just had Mr. Masters or just Dharma. It's like it's it's only six issues, so neither of them ever feel that fully developed. I think yeah. visually she's cool. I think she looks cool. Yeah, with the bionic arms. I think, yeah. I think both of them work. But they're not fleshed out, and they don't do much, and they dispatch very quickly, so you never get any affinity for them, really. 
maybe a little bit. I think the scene where they try to get it on in the car is key because that's where we kind of find out that Mr. Masters is, is kind of effed up, like mentally and biologically. And we also come to learn that she also managed some sort of some sort of military prison and no. she took certain pleasure in, in dishing out pain. So she's a little effed up in the head too. So I like it when they start Bond and her start beating each other up and she's like, She's shocked. You killed him? You tortured him? You know, it's not much to go on, but it is sort of that extra layer of how psychotic she is as well. Like she loved him, but she's basically a bitch too. Yeah. They're both so, monsters, human monsters. Yeah, pretty much. So. I love that she she really beats up. Bond is like, oh no, almost- she kicks the crap out of him, <laughs> which is why I don't understand why does she turn around and not just finish him up. And he points it out. Why are you turning around? <laughs> bye bye. In the water you go. By that time, her arm is like opened up, so she blows up. It's like that's a really dumb way to die. But it's funny. Um, and, and then we finally know learn what Varga means, and that's a. I'm going to say it. It's a lousy title. They're trying to get cute. I think they're trying to get cute. Varger. It's tough to say. First of all, it's tough to say. So why are you choosing this word? Uh, it means nothing. And it's a decommissioned ship in Norway. You know, the coast of decommissioned, decommissioned ship would have been a better title. <laughs> Bit of a mouthful. Yeah, but, I can't um, say it right. Frankly, I wasn't a big fan of the title. When it I was mean, announced. What, what does it mean? Okay, so it's the German word for some sort of a wolf, but what does that have anything to do with the story? It's trying to be cl- too. It's too trying too hard to be clever. You have Eidolon also, who has a weird. T- which but is- Eidolon means ghost, which is another word for spectre. Yeah, it's and not- spectre does come into play. Yeah, that makes sense. Tentatively, no. The worst one is there's a one shot which is just called service. It's the one where they go to the war museum. Oh, oh, the American like foreign minister shows up. I, it's called service. I kind of like that one, but we'll discuss it when. <laughs> but yeah, the the t- I'm shaking my head if you don't know. No, no, not the title. I mean, I meant the book. I oh, the book is fine. The title is what it's service. Like, uh, okay, you so you're doing like, like the movies now. They're doing like these one word titles. They've been doing uh, Skyfall, Spectre. Skyfall means something. Spectre means something. Oh, yeah. Service. Service. What are you talking about? I think uh, online on on the uh, Comicsology website, it's called uh, the James Bond Special or something like. It's not called Service. Or first, we're getting into Star Wars Holiday Special territory <laughs> here. I don't. I don't like where this is going. No, no, no. Oh, Bond is sent off to Norway. I think it is a yeah. very, a very remote, not very well known. I mean, there's a freaking decommissioned ship that's being used as a cocaine lab. So, obviously, <laughs> there are not a lot of tainted people around. Conca- tainted. tainted cocaine, that's true. And, like, when I said earlier that Bond kills every mother F in the room, I was that's, kind of thinking about this. Yeah, right I, I knew what you were talking about. I Actually, I, I took uh, a screen grab of all the Yeah, the wounds X-ray and, shots now. Yeah, everyone gets a bullet. You and you and you and you. You get a bullet. You get a bullet. You get a bullet. <laughs> There's this burly woman among there too. Hey, skinny. Oh, she slams this. She, oh, she really get. Well, she she gets one good shot off on him. And after that, boom, boom, boom. Oh, no, she gets one in the head. Her brains are out. I like the fact that Kurjak, when he notices Bond, he takes one of his scientists and shields himself with him. <laughs> that was a nice touch. Anyways, it, it gets really bloody. Good. I mean, Bond gets 
beaten up. Pretty. He gets a few shots actually. He gets uh, he he's bleeding by the end. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's battered and bruised. They just want him to recon or something because when they say, "Oh my god," because they're communicating over radio and I, "Oh, we've heard shots. Get back to get back." And Bond's like, "No, I'm gonna kill everybody right here, right <laughs> now." So what was the point of the mission if you have James Bond to just do recon? I didn't understand why they were calling him back to the. To HQ, it didn't make much sense to me. Of course, Bond is going to continue. With yeah. it. He has bombs on him. He blows up the ship. Why would he return to HQ? <laughs> it's just, I think. Well, there's there's a running gag about bureaucracy, the yeah. hard rule. OMS. I think maybe that's like the continuation of that. Yeah, but it's like whatever. Yeah, because at the beginning of the book, he has to give up his gun. There, there's an entire subplot about him not being able to carry his gun. I mean. You can he he you got MI five which is domestic you have MI six which is foreign so therefore Bond can carry his gun on foreign soil but not on home soil so he can't leave the country with his gun it's sent to him in diplomatic pouch yeah you know it's I don't like it's not a bad idea if they it's had made a story that where that actually came into play that doesn't come into play it, yeah no it doesn't it's really. There's some things in, in spy movies, that depend, depending on the genre, like I really like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy because it's dry and it's really like about the tight. The from four or five years ago or the yeah. old one with, uh, with Alec Guinness, with Obi-Wan? Uh, I didn't see the, the one with um, Commissioner Gordon, Guy Oldman. Um, I like that one. I love dry spy storylines. There's a, a TV miniseries of film a few years ago called The Company and it's about uh, like four decades of the the CIA and the Cold War and it's fascinating like I liked that for a miniseries I thought it was perfectly fine I love those dry spy things and if they did the thing in a dry spy story where oh you can't bring your gun it becomes a subplot it's perfectly fine in um, storyline like that but when it's in a James Bond movie where you expect like Pew, 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 pew. A watered down version of what that story could have been like. I have, if they want to do a six issue run where there's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy that is actually hindering Bond's ability, like I guess the villain would be secondary in that kind of a story because yeah. the point would be, the, I'd actually read that. Here they sort of tease it; they don't really do anything with it. It's like, it's why, why do it? Like it's a waste of pages and. Or why do it in this story if that's not going to be the focal point yeah. of the story? You want to make a six issue. If you want to hire these guys back, who I think they write well, they draw well, hire them back where the hard rule is the focal point, and it's like a series of pseudo gags. You know where Bond is like, "Oh crap, I don't have my it, gun." You know, if it was a part, uh, a bigger part of the of the book itself, that could have been a great title, "The Hard Rule." That is that is a good title. That is a good title. We need a sequel to Varger. Call about it. the hard rule. Exactly. Warren, Jason, if you're listening. You're, Jason might be. Jason might be. <laughs> we'll send him the link. If you are, we want uh, the sequel, we the hard you, rule. You're the best, Jason. We love your bond. <laughs> That's pretty much how it ends. The Virger blows up. Uh, Slavin Kodajak is the only one that makes it out alive, although not for long. He's trying to get away. Bond busts a cap in his knees and says... Uh, I do like, you know what I do. do I do like about those. You last sank two my battleship. Sank my battleship. That's a good line. That's I like funny. that. I like that. He's already been told the romantic version of, oh, I was leading this concentration camp, and I loved the beautiful way in which human bodies disintegrated, and now Bond has Kurjak at his mercy, and he says, okay, enough with the romanticist bullcrap. Why are you doing this? And he just gives the same response. So Bond is like, well, f this, bang, bang. in the head. 
I do like that. I do like it. The yeah. guy is crazy. He's just doing it because he thinks it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that and that's how Varga ends. Yeah. I do like the artwork. Uh, I like the artwork. I like what Casalanguida does later in Hammerhead and current. It's not quite done. It's uh, Kill Chain. I like his work a little bit mm -hmm. more. We'll get into why when we do those stories. But I do like Jason Masters' um, clean but also detailed enough. Mm -hmm. if you know what's going on it's not like a lot of these modern comic books where there's so much detail it's almost distracting Jason Masters seems to know what's important in the frame and he makes that look great everything else in the background doesn't matter it's like those x-ray shots where like the the bullet shards and the, the, the pierced flesh are very well detailed the rest is just like a a red background which is mm -hmm. also kind of cool because it's a death so red background so I do like his art a I, lot. I actually found that especially when he's in the ship there's a lot of details he obviously mm. uh, did a lot of research it's, it's not overwhelming I find well, I was never overwhelmed by it's it it's stylized I think with your it's it's stylized in a way that it doesn't feel incomplete it just creates its own world where it makes sense in its mm. own way visually but become some artists they the, um, their, their work becomes ampered because they're trying to get so much details that, okay, you're not focusing on the narrative. He's telling a story, so boom, 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 boom. There's a moment, it's a simple moment in uh, the first issue where Bond is uh, at uh, M's desk and he's just sitting and mm. just like... M um, doesn't talk to him. And he's, 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 he has business to attend to. I will talk to you in a few minutes. You know? But, I mean... <laughs> He probably recycled. I'll be honest. He probably recycled the first the, the background for all the, the the panels. That's how I would do it personally. But the thing is that it's Bond's reaction, just like he is looking. He looks Checks like his a watch, kid. I think. He looks like, like a kid. It makes it gives powers. Like, like it works. It tells a story. There's no word, but it's the artist telling a story. This is the relationship between those two characters. That's a very good point. And and actually, although you may understand, there's not a ton of M in this story. But when M is there, what what Masters and Ellis get right, I think they get a good few things right. I, I do like Farger. What they really get right is the M-Bond dynamic. Yes. They worked with each other for a long time, so they, they do know each other very well, but M is still extremely curmudgingly. <laughs> like, there's a great line where after that first meeting, M says, oh, and don't waste your time with many punny. I consider it to be a heck of a lot more valuable than you are. And that just, that's like, that is M. That is M. Uh, yes. Yeah. From the book, it's, but you may just made me think. I, I, I remember now, uh, Money Penny is black in the book. Do you the think book? the book? Oh, I think well, the, like Fleming. I'm like, well, no, no, that no, would have no. been something. No, no, I meant in, in uh, Varger. But uh, do you think they made that decision before they announced? Uh, now in the area says uh, money penny or after because well skyfall's like 2012 wouldn't they wait you're right i might mistake but do you think well okay i'll rephrase my i think question. it's the naomi harris version of that do you, do you think they made that decision be because of that or Pfft. they could have made I don't a see why not but i w but you're right she's the naomi harris i haven't read the um the special the money penny special that's the one where I don't think they really got it right. It's really? not that interesting. Because, I mean, they've... I wanted it to be good because I, I, like, oh, I propose that we do an episode. Um, I'm saying it on, on tape. Well, we, you know what? I've, I've pooped out of my, my 
bum bum so many of these potential spin-offs <laughs> or bonus episodes why don't you make one but because um, we're, we're thinking about money but um, they've tried to make a spin-off they attempted to make a one with Waylon in the, in the 90s I don't know how far they, they came in development um, how far the development went for that particular movie um, they also were thinking of doing a Jinx movie yeah <laughs> how about Miss Money Penny Chronicles or whatever never read those either apparently, again no, but I mean, like, long, like Young Bond apparently they're not half bad but make what if Naomi Harris got her own franchise I'm, basically my idea here for an episode would be because they they've been threatening to expand the James Bond did IP. you say threatening <laughs> yes they I, I am because they've done, done in the past two lackluster uh uh, results. I mean, I, I have some affinity for the uh, 1990s James Bond car- kids cartoon mm-hmm. because I was the target audience. Mm. But even at the time, I recognized it as a cheap pr- product. Yeah. Today, it's embarrassingly that's bad. Terrible. It's really not good. But that's the last time they did any attempt. Do you count the video games? But if, if let's say... Well, the comics are doing that. There is a lighter spin-off. They announced an M. M is getting his one shot. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't read he's that. Going to, he's going to uh, Dublin. Apparently, he has to go back to the scene of a crime he might have committed. Oh. Back before he was M, honestly. Yeah. He's like an agent back then. But let's say your uh, Eon comes to you, and that that would be the subject of our episode next time uh, as we close the uh, chapter on Varger. Oh, close the chapter. I like it. <laughs> Eon, uh, Barbara, or Michael comes to you, and they say, Edgar, we want to expand the, uh, the, the Bond IP. We want to use it more efficiently uh you have to come up with an idea for a tv show a cartoon a video game whatever you need to branch this out you think big think marvel think uh uh, dc extended no don't think dc extended (laughs) universe i'm trying to think of somebody else who uses think star wars maybe star trek other people Mm. that star trek has done it fairly well for almost 20 years what's the one that's airing now not voyager Discovery. Discovery is Discovery's like the sixth or seventh version of Star Trek. Yes, like they've they've had a lot of success. Yes, they they have. But that would be an idea for a, for a, um, a one shot episode, the Bond expansion. Yeah, I'd actually be down for that. Yeah. So I mean, my first reaction to to Michael and Babs would be, well, give me the weekend. I need to consult with my partner and Matthew. <laughs> uh, but I could see money penny. I mean, the money penny of of the Craig era and. As briefly mentioned, the money penny of of the dynamite entertainment universe, she is the last line. She is equipped. No, she, she can kill people. She's you know? the last line of defense. Yes, exactly. Was, say, she's the. She is even more the British. So you uh, could the British bulldog uh, that changed the ball name. So I guess we'll close the chapter on Varger. We shall close the chapter. I enjoy it. I don't think it's the best thing they've ever. Produce they they will get better I think we can yes. agree on that but it's it's a lot of fun they got the, ba- the ball ro- rolling and so far it's yeah. been as somebody who doesn't read comics anymore the only 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 comics I still read are the James Bond comics not only because I'm a James Bond fan because I actually enjoy them for a change mm. uh, that's true it doesn't feel like a tro- I go God there's another one this month I guess well it's Bond I'll pick up the latest no I want to go to the no comic I'm, I've, I'm having fun. <laughs> they're comic books for adults as they yeah. once said about uh, yeah. James Bond books and uh, James Bond movies and if you get the um, 
I've, I'm also buying the the hardcover, like like any comic book story arc. Once it's done, like six months later, oh, here's the beautiful hardcover. There's actually like usually about 15, 20 pages at the end with, oh, here's some concept art. Here's like the black and mm. white version. Here's alternate covers. It's a lot of fun. The, the volumes, the collected volumes are a lot of fun to have as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Might pick the I ones I don't like. I have, I have them. So. Yeah, no, but I'm, you I'm the... complete your collection. I'm the, yeah, I'm the comic book, but I won't. I just bought the Golden Gun mod. But I had That's it another made. bonus episode. The props we either have or dream that we can have. Another <laughs> bonus episode. Oh, that's actually a good idea. That is a freaking good bonus episode <laughs> idea. Yeah, so g- very good. Not great, but very good. I like it. Yeah, good introduction. Um, definitely worth your time. And they're, they're, it's cheap entertainment. I mean, comic books, you can get it on Comixology. Mm. You can get it on Amazon, which is Comixology also. Mm. Uh, or you can buy a physical copy at your local comic book store. I go to. I have to admit, though, my iPad is like one of the older versions. So I've actually not bought the last couple of digital versions. I actually own like the, uh, the Kill Chain series. I think I only have four and five like oh, really? on paper. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to say. What little space I have on my iPad. No, I mean, um, but it, the, but the digitals are fun because you can zoom in. Yeah, it's, no, it's I, a lot of fun. It, I, 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 that won't be the referendum on digital or physical. But there's, it's a different experience reading a comic on a digital device because you can enjoy each panel individually more than you could in a full page. It's a different experience. Yeah. And when your big hit is a film, like when your big your big fix is a film, you need a little bit of that double O cocaine, might as well buy the comics. <laughs> kind of like with the movies and with the box, we know that James Bond will return. Oh, wait a minute. I have not said where we can be found. Yes. This is our third podcast today. I have screwed up all three conclusions. Uh, I could be found on Twitter at double O pop. That's double underscore O H double score pop. You, Matthew? At Matt O'Claire. Uh, you're so much better at that than me. Simple. Uh, we have a Facebook page, the James Bond Complex. There's an official Twitter account at the James Bond Complex. And as we keep saying at the time of this recording, there will be a website, thejamesbondcomplex.com. Now I can announce that James Bond will return in Ian Fleming's Moonraker circa 1955. Merci beaucoup, à la prochaine. Au revoir.